if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We get started now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on on this Friday. It's a free for all Friday, the twenty second morning of the first month of the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. Coming up in about a half an hour, we will talk with David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR. They are on top of this because of the serious nature of the threat that is being posed to the mainland United States by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and a host of executive actions aimed at essentially erasing American sovereignty. I do not say that in a hyperbolic fashion. I say that very simply and directly. They're threatening American sovereignty. Among other things, there is now at least a 100-day moratorium on all deportations. So illegal aliens who are in the United States of America right now who may be convicted of crimes cannot be deported. It is a deportation freeze announced by Joe Biden and his team yesterday. It makes no sense whatsoever any more than halting the construction of the 450-mile-long border wall, which still has several hundred miles, miles to go. That is something that has also been done, along with the promise of... Um, Amnesty and a pathway to citizenship for 11 to 20 million illegal aliens who are already here. Yes, Joe Biden is hell-bent on undoing all of the positive work that was done by President Trump to secure our country from foreign uh, criminals. And this, of course, is not to say we know how the left likes to jump on this and saying, you're saying all immigrants are criminals? Not at all. I'm not even saying all illegal immigrants are criminals beyond their criminal trespassing and entering into an area they do not have permission to be. But we also know that along with, when you have an open border, along with people who are not criminals beyond their criminal trespass, you have drug runners, mules, human traffickers, gang members, and all kinds of other undesirables coming across that border into this country. And then you have the, of course, economic impact on our schools, on our governments, on our health care systems, and so on and so forth, of 
millions of people flocking and flowing across that border and taking advantage of American resources without participating, first of all, without being here legally, but without participating in the funding of said resources. Ken Paxton is the attorney general of the state of Texas. He said this about the deportation freeze. The executive branch, the president, their obligation to, is, in, is to enforce federal law. And federal law set by Congress involves deportation of people who are here illegally. Just to unilaterally say that we're no longer going to deal with immigration the way federal law ap- applies is illegal. We're not going to deal with illegal immigration the way that federal law applies. Federal law is really, you know, demands, quite frankly. And it's going to have a severe impact mostly, of course, on those border states like Texas. It affects us in a great way. We're along the border. It costs us a lot of money. We have health issues as it relates to COVID coming into our nation. And these people, we don't know what their health issues are. But we do know one thing. We, we're going to have greater law enforcement issues. We're going to have greater health care costs, greater education costs. It, it does impact Texans every day. So the real question is, is what can Texans, Attorney General Ken, Ken Paxton of Texas, or anyone else, what can we do about it? We'll follow a lawsuit very quickly if they do not quickly uh, reverse course and continue to enforce the laws that were passed by Congress. Yeah, I think there are going to be so many lawsuits filed against Biden and uh, his administration in the first 100 days. It is going to make, you know, any judge's head spin. It is going to be incredible the what what is done here. But we'll talk more about that coming up at 935 with um, Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. This just simply cannot stand. Um, I want to share this in the first segment this morning. Yesterday, um, well, a little update. I've, I've, I'm facing censorship from Facebook. Now, I know that I said I am going to wean myself off of Facebook, and I am, and I am slowly doing that. I have become a member of the MeWe uh, social media platform now. I have an account there, and I encourage everyone to follow me there so that we can communicate without fake books, Mark Zuckerberg-inspired uh, communist censors. MeWe, it's just like it sounds, M-E-W-E. It's kind of a Facebook copy platform, uh, and a lot of people are flocking to it as they flee uh, the censorship of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. It's MeWe, M-E-W-E. Download that app or go to it online and create an account and follow me at Simply Bob France. All right, F-R-A-N-T-Z for those who do not know. Fakebook this morning alerted me that one of my posts yesterday that was very popular, it had over 400 shares throughout Facebook, was in violation of their community standards on misinformation. What did I post that was so misinforming? What did I say that was so uh, is such a violation of community standards? I posted an article updating with the words of the WHO, that's the World Health Organization, and their own updated um, statement with respect to COVID-19 testing. The WHO is now warning that PCR COVID tests, that's the gold standard test, the PCR tests that they are all, you know, we have been ramping up and increasing, et cetera, et cetera, so much over the last 10 months. The PCR tests are more likely to give false positives. And the WHO is advising testing centers to lower their CT, that's their cycle threshold, 
because they believe that having it at such a high number, it is picking up trace amounts of even dead um, material, dead viral material, meaning you're not sick with COVID, nor can you transmit or infect others with COVID. This is something that I and many, 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 many doctors have been reporting on for the last several months. Not that I report on it as a doctor, obviously. I'm just telling you what many medical professionals have been saying. And they are all being called science deniers. They're all being called, uh, you know, uh, um, alarmists. They're all being called, and not alarmists, that's not the right word. I'm trying to figure, but, but you know, the, we're the ones who are being told that we are hiding the truth from this very dangerous and deadly disease. Well, come to find out, that cycle threshold was extraordinarily too high, and now the WHO says to lower it, which is by very its very existence, a lower cycle threshold is going to lower what? The number of cases. A lower cycle threshold is also going to lower what? The number of COVID deaths, or, quote, deaths with COVID, Okay. What does that mean? Why is this so important right now? It's important because the WHO released that guidance an hour after Joe Biden was inaugurated. You putting two and two together here? The World Health Organization, now that Joe Biden is in charge of the world's most powerful nation, is is going to artificially change the method of testing so that the number of cases goes down and the number of COVID deaths begins to decrease. Or deaths with COVID. Remember, not necessarily deaths from COVID. And thus making the Biden administration look like they're heroes. Their 100-day mask mandate, their vaccine vaccine uh, distribution plans, etc., are all going to be what solved COVID. And so I put this on Facebook yesterday, as I just described it to you, in the exact same way. And I have the article in front of me with the quotes from the WHO in, in issuing their notice on Wednesday, specifically stating, medical professionals should follow instructions of PCR tests for coronavirus to avoid getting false positive results by lowering the cycle thresholds. All I did was report on my Facebook post what the WHO said Wednesday. And included the words, by the way, tell me again that this scamdemic, and and it's not that the virus is a a scam, but the uh, size and the threat of the pandemic that they made it out to be was and is political. It was intended to harm Donald Trump. It was intended to make him take all of the blame for all of these deaths and cases and what are you doing about it, blah, blah, blah. Trump's gone, Biden's in, an hour later the WHO says let's lower that cycle threshold now. We're going to have far fewer cases and far fewer deaths. This is not as severe as we thought it was. Tell me that that's not politically motivated. So I put that on Facebook and Facebook blocked it. After 400 and some people shared it, Facebook blocked it. And then sent me a warning saying you are uh, your account is in jeopardy. You may be suspended for spreading false information that could cause public harm physical harm it actually said so 
censorship is alive and well in fake book land. I'm going to talk more about that, and I'm going to get your thoughts on it, too. I'm going to take an early time out here because I've got Chris Long, uh, who wants to uh, talk about the National Guard's troops, Guard troops. He has sent a letter to Mike DeWine. He literally just messaged me right before we got on the air, and I said, you know what, Chris? Let me hear what you're telling the governor about our troops that were deployed to D.C. to protect the inauguration. So Chris Long will, uh, of the Ohio Christian Alliance, of course, will be joining us right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 921 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to, uh, normally don't have guests at this time of the show, but I literally got a text message from my friend Chris Long, Pastor Chris Long from the Ohio Christian Alliance, about uh, two minutes before I flipped on the microphone. He said, are you going to talk about the Ohio Guardsmen? Uh, he said he sent a letter to Governor Mike DeWine about bringing our Ohio National Guards, Guard troops home, their mission being over, and how they are being mistreated in D.C. And I said, no, I didn't get that message. Why don't you call me and tell me about it? And Chris Long said, let's do this. And he's here right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Chris. How are you, sir? Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. It's yeah. a pleasure. Well, I tell you, this is upsetting. So, you know, mission is over. The inauguration's over. Uh, the Ohio National Guardsmen were part of the contingency that went to Washington to safeguard the Capitol uh, during the inauguration, of course. But uh, now that mission is over, and so now they're being used, uh, really being insulted. As we know in the last few days, we all didn't say anything when there were those in Washington that said, well, these troops need to be vetted. First, they called them there, and then they said, well, they need to be vetted to, of, about their political views, which... Most of us didn't say anything. We we felt very strongly about that, thought that was an insult, but we didn't say anything. So last night, what happens? Whoever it was, it was neither Nancy Pelosi or somebody, moved our troops out of the visitor center and into the garages, Bob. The parking garages. It, that's right. And everybody sees this as a tremendous insult. And there's pictures all over Twitter this morning and some of them show Ohio guardsmen on the floor of the uh, garages. In what, so it's like, okay, <laughs> it's time to bring the troops home. Obviously, uh, we're not alone. Uh, governor DeSantis recalled his troops. Uh, the governor of Texas is recalling their troops. They know an insult when when it's when it's uh, given, and it, this is an insult. So we've been making calls this morning to state senators and state representatives. You know, I spoke to a liberty group last night, and I know this is kind of a time where a lot of folks who supported President Trump and are on the conservative side of the aisle, really pretty depressed and, you know, feeling really not knowing how to feel, <laughs> a little numb. <clears throat> but I spoke to this great group of patriots last night down in Crawford County, and uh, they said, well, what do we do now? I said, well, re-engage. You know, re-engage on the local level, re-engage with state officials, and now is the time to encourage state officials to fight back against federal overreach that is undoubtedly coming our way. So the first thing we need to do is not have our troops, our National Guardsmen, those fine men and women who serve us in uniform, be used as political pawns any longer. The inauguration is over. Uh, the overkill of this uh, proposed threat that was supposed to, that never materialized. The only violence occurred on the West Coast with Antifa again, and the anarchists out there, again, rioting, looting, burning, breaking all over, and they don't say anything about that, and yet we're... Uh, these other places where they're supposed to see 
uh, violence never occurred. So, well, we're not stupid out here. We're seeing what's happening. And what was great when I was talking to these folks last night, they get it. You know, and so they may be limiting us on different social platforms, and we may not be able to communicate in the same fashion. It's getting a little bit more difficult all the time. Yet, folks, the American people know what's going on. So we've told our officials, hey, let's bring the troops home. Mission accomplished. Let's not add insult to injury. So these representatives, uh, I talked to Senator Romachuk. Uh, he's busy with it, State Senator Andy Brenner, uh, State Representative Scott Wiggum, a few of them I w- was able to reach this morning, State uh, Representative Bill Seitz. They're working the phones with the administration to do just that, to make sure that our men and women in uniform, now that the mission is accomplished, come home. Let's not add injury to insult. Has Mike DeWine made any statements at all on this yet? He has not. Uh, so I would encourage people to contact the governor's office, which, by the way, is not so easy anymore. We used to be able to just give a phone number. If you got one, Bob, that would be great. But there's a, a, if you go to the governor's page, it's a contact Governor DeWine. It's basically a fillable form. Now, I don't know why this is. Maybe it's during COVID or something. But uh, that basically you can uh, send him an email about that and saying, let's bring our troops home from Washington. They, they're not needed there any longer. You know, it's uh, it's frustrating to me because of what you said. Governor DeSantis has called his troops home. Governor Greg Abbott, did, he did this even before the the unbelievable mistreatment of these of these troops, these guardsmen and women, uh, by putting them in these parking garages. I mean, everybody knows there's not exactly cushioned seating in a parking garage. It's a cement floor, and it's cement posts, and it's a bunch of cars uh, spewing exhaust as they arrive and depart. Uh, aside from that mistreatment of the guardsmen, which you are absolutely correct to be outraged about, what frustrated and angered Greg Abbott, he was the first governor to say this, is that, wait a minute, what do you mean, Steve Cohen from Tennessee and others, that you want to vet the Guard troops to see if they voted for Donald Trump, and specifically because the vast majority of the Guardsmen are white, and the vast majority of Trump supporters are white, they're essentially saying white Guardsmen can't be trusted to uphold the oath that they took to support and defend uh, this, uh, you know, their states and this country. They, they, they may, they may abrogate themselves of this oath by by letting their anger about the election overtake them and they may actually be harmful to those in the inauguration ceremony i've never heard of anything quite so insulting and disgusting and degrading i absolutely want our troops home uh chris well that's right bob and i appreciate you taking time on your radio program this morning to highlight this because people need to know that we are thinking about this we're watching what's going on we understand that these men and women in uniform have been insulted uh, you know, they were vetted for their political views. When does that happen? When they take the oath of office, when they put, the, when they bring on the, the uniform, when they put it on, they went there to serve their country, whatever they're being asked to do by leadership. And so, you know, this insult by the, the far left, the Democrats, they're now in control in Washington. Uh, so, yeah, again, like I agree with you. Uh, so when I saw that, we didn't say anything because it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. Let's get past the inauguration. And what happened? Nobody came to our nation's capital. Literally nobody. I mean, foreigners who came for the inauguration, Rush Limbaugh highlighted this yesterday, one journalist, she's a lefty, but she said it was surreal, and it didn't make any sense. And she said it was very odd to see that, that nobody came to the inauguration of Joe Biden. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying. This was, you know, whatever it is, okay, they receive reports, nothing materialized. It's now after the inauguration. And now they kick them into the garages. Let's get our 
men and women out of there and bring them back home. No question about it. And I'm, I'm just so disappointed in Mike DeWine, which I have been for many, many reasons, but he has not spoken on this the way other Republican governors have. Not that you should have to be a Republican in order to recognize the mistreatment of your guardsmen. Uh, I think all governors should be appalled by the suggestion that these people uh, have to be vetted for their political views before they're allowed to serve and protect. And then, of course, to treat them, to boot them from the Capitol the way that they have been into a parking garage to sit, stand by uh, is, is just reprehensible. I hope Mike DeWine opens his eyes and then opens his mouth condemning this and demanding that his troops, that our troops, our Ohio Guardsmen, return home. Uh, Pastor Chris Long, I'm so glad you are on this. I'm so glad you have reached out to all of the representatives and senators you have. Please keep us posted if you get any movement, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. God bless you, you, my friend. And you, and you as well. Thank you. Pastor Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance on AM 1420, The Answer. He texted me, like I said, right before I came on the air and said, hey, I hope you're going to talk about this today. And I said, yeah, I am, but it sounds like you're fired up about it. Uh, And uh, he was, and uh, so fired up that he's not just talking to himself or online. He's calling representatives and senators. Might I suggest we do the same thing? Get online and search via DuckDuckGo. You notice I will not use the term Google anymore. Don't Google something. That is a verb we must get rid of. Do not allow them any more use of, of you and uh, and uh, to to uh, you know invade your privacy and also to. Uh, impose censorship and dictatorship on people for their online usage. Don't use Google anymore. Use DuckDuckGo as your search, en- search engine. But just take a quick search and and look for House of Representatives contact information, Ohio House and Ohio Senate contact information. You'll find every phone number you can possibly imagine there. Call their offices and demand that Ohio's National Guard troops come home from D.C. They were mistreated there in a number of different ways. Thank you to Pastor Chris Long. It's 930. We'll get our news now. And on the other side, Dave Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform will join us on AM 1420, The Answer. of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, we are all over the place today, and we are all over it. There's so much news to talk about today, and again, it's good that it's a free-for-all Friday. Uh, Coming up after uh, our next guest, we have a ton of opportunities for you to call and hit on all of them. 216-901-0945. 888-281-1110. From the Guardsmen, we go now down to our southern border, kind of, sort of. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been in office two days, and they have essentially already surrendered American sovereignty. From everything from putting in place a plan to uh, provide amnesty to 11 to 20 million illegal aliens, to provide a pathway to citizenship for them spread out over eight years, to uh, surrendering the border to those who wish to cross it for all kinds of illegal and nefarious purposes by eliminating the funding for the border wall so it will stop at the 450 feet that President Trump had built. And now we find out also today that Joe Biden's executive order includes a 100-day moratorium on deportations. Here's the Attorney General of Border State, Texas, Ken Paxton. The executive branch, the president, their obligation to is, in, is to enforce federal law, and federal law set by Congress involves deportation of people who are here illegally just to unilaterally say that we're no longer going to deal with immigration the way federal law applies 
We're is not, illegal. We're not going to deal with immigration the way federal law applies. In other words, we are going to, as an administration, violate federal law. That's what the Harris-Biden administration is doing right now. And joining us to react to all of this is our friend Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, good morning. Hey, Bob. How you doing, buddy? Good to be with you again. Uh, trying to hold strong, my friend. We got a big fight on our hands. <laughs> Let's talk about the fight uh, for our sovereignty. Uh, you know, uh, that's not hyperbole to say that our sovereignty, our national sovereignty, is in jeopardy. Perhaps even more so than it was under Barack Obama when Obiden, when Biden was his uh, his vice president, because Biden seems to take it personally to undo everything that Donald Trump has done that has strengthened our borders and protected our sovereignty. Dave, that's what. Makes this so incredibly dangerous right now. Yeah, it's it's really stunning, Bob. I mean, Biden has unveiled his America Last agenda, which you know shows the public that he's concocted a veritable smorgasbord of bad and dangerous uh, immigration executive orders that are going to make the country less safe at a time when the nation is really in jeopardy in several ways. We have more than 10 million unemployed Americans. We have more than 400,000 of our fellow citizens have uh, died from the coronavirus. And he is making a complete U-turn on all the most effective border deterrents we have that have basically knocked immigration out of the news for the last year. I mean, the reason why we haven't been talking about this is because illegal immigration really hasn't been much of a problem. And why is that? Because of the Trump policies, the border wall, the remain in Mexico policy for those seeking political asylum, uh, the travel ban, uh, uh, you know, the interior enforcement. I mean, one of the things, uh, you know, one of the things that he turned around is if you uh, are a criminal alien, a criminal alien, not even just an illegal alien. Somebody who's come here as an illegal alien, committed a crime against an American, drunk driving, uh, you know, uh, assault and battery, what have you. Right. You will not, there, there is a moratorium on deportation, even for criminal aliens, for 100 days. And let me tell you, Bob, people in Latin America have been watching this discussion for the last few months, and they are on the move. We talk about this 8,000-strong caravan that's coming up from Honduras that should be here within the next few months. That is a drop in the bucket. Fox News' Laura Logan reported yesterday, having just returned from the border and reconnoitering with some of her sources in Mexico and as far south as Panama, that she believes, and she's a very credible reporter, that there are hundreds of thousands of people on the move right now coming to the United States. But Joe Biden, but Biden Joe Biden made a statement, though, uh, uh, last week before he was sworn in. He said, don't come, don't come, because you can't get in yet. Uh, now, I don't know what that means. I don't know where they're supposed to go once they get to the border and once they uh, you know, are stopped, if indeed that does take place, because Biden told the caravan, don't come yet. That doesn't mean don't come at all. Uh, please apply for uh, you know, legal status to come to the United States. He basically said, give it a little bit of time here before we let that happen. I mean, they've, you know, Joe Biden understands that he has created a crisis of his own making, that he has created and instilled into those who were thinking about coming illegally to the United States. He's instilled 
the perception, and remember, perception in immigration policy is often more important than reality, uh, they, their perception is that if I can get into the United States now, I will get my pathway to citizenship. And they've also just released a, a, uh, a bill that would grant mass amnesty to the nation's 12.5 to 14.5 million illegal immigrants. You know, oftentimes they justify this saying, well, you know, these are people who've been working here for 10 years and doing jobs that Americans won't do, and they're most they're all law-abiding except for their immigration status. This specific amnesty bill includes everyone who arrived into the United States up until January 1st, 2021. Three weeks ago, Bob, I mean, these are people with deep roots in America that have a real love for this country, are going to be taken. Now, now put this in the context of there are tens of thousands of people overseas all over the world who are waiting years for their green cards to come up so they can come to this country through the legal immigration process. And all of these lawbreakers, uh, if Joe Biden and the, and the Senate Democrats have their way, are going to be placed in front of everyone who's been waiting their turn. Is this how America does business? Well, it is. Uh, you know, in, in, in you know the leftist America, that is exactly how they do business. They punish those who try to do it the right way and follow the law and respect our sovereignty, and they reward lawbreakers. And by the way, you know, Dave, you and I have talked about this in the past. <clears throat> it's always a fluid number, but I get very frustrated when I keep hearing the 11 million, and now we're, uh, maybe it's 12 million or up to 14 million. I, we've been on that number for over a decade, and and the spigot hasn't been shut off. They've continued to come. Right. Uh, you know, according to the more, um, I think the more accurate estimates, those who have been following this, it's closer to twenty million people. And as long as you're here within the period of time that you mentioned until yesterday, January twenty first, you are going to be given that mass amnesty and. Worse yet, voting rights. It may not be immediate. Some, you know, I think it's probably right. going to be a phased in thing, but I think Biden said that over eight years, you will be on a pathway to citizenship. And that means voting rights. Yeah. And of course, we know why they are granting that. Yeah, because, I mean, 65% of newly arrived immigrants, because they are so poor and are, have, have such a hard time making it in, in this country because we don't choose people based on skills or level of education, they end up needing those social welfare programs that the Democrats seem to, 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 to love to provide. I mean, think about the way the, the media is handling this, Bob. Here you have this mass of humanity moving through a country that has an astronomically high COVID infection rate. Have you heard anybody talk about this caravan as being a super spreader event? Of course I mean, not. but then you go and cover a Trump, a Trump rally, and here it's a super spreader event. But a big, uh, another point to make about this is the way that we treat our own people versus illegal immigrants. Bob, let's say my mother in Akron wants to come visit me here in the nation's capital. By law, if she flies into D.C. to see me, she has to self-quarantine for two weeks before she's allowed to come to my house. Now, here we have hundreds of thousands of people dashing for the border, Watch the video. How many of these folks have masks on their face? I couldn't find five. And they are going to storm across the border and disappear into the interior of the country just as we are trying to turn the corner on COVID. I mean, there is, this is the worst possible time 
to plant this seed in people's head that now is the time to bust through the borders and come to America illegally. I don't know why Joe Biden, in his first 100 days of office, would want to create his own national crisis that's been, then going to fall right on his lap because this was not an issue under President Trump. Dave Ray is our guest for, for, uh, from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, uh, let me ask you about Alejandro Mayorkas. He is Donald, or Donald Trump, sorry. He is Joe Biden's pitch to head the Department of Homeland Security. And I know FAIR has a lot of great concerns about him, and so do I. Among them, yeah. among the chief reasons, he has publicly stated that he wants to expand DACA. He is the architect, as a matter of fact, of the 2012 right. Illegal and Unconstitutional DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Act, which was de facto amnesty, which is going to be the path to citizenship for all of them. Um, and he wants to expand it by softening the eligibility requirements as to what uh, qualifications would be uh, determined to allow somebody into the country under that program and stay if they've already been and if they've already entered here under that program. Tell me more about why FAIR opposes uh, Mayorkas for DHS. Well, I mean, talk about putting the fox in charge of the hen house, for goodness sake. I mean, here is a guy who's the architect of the illegal Obama amnesty. We're going to, and here's, he had a reputation when he was at U.S. Customs and Immigration Service. If he wanted to achieve something, he would find, you know, his, the thing about him was he'll there any way, any way he can find or any way that, 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 he can, you know, work around the law. And that's the way he's going to uh, do his stint at the Department of Homeland Security. But the key here is the Department of Homeland Security is a law enforcement agency. It oversees the Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. In other words, Border Enforcement and Interior Enforcement and Customs. And uh, when Senator Josh Hawley asked him during his confirmation his thoughts on how to secure the border and make it safe, you know, ensure the safety and, and health of the American public, he really didn't have an answer for that. He is not a law enforcement-minded person. He is a guy who is coming in there to be uh, an extension of the Biden amnesty push. We need a law enforcement person in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, or at least someone who will ensure that the laws enacted by Congress to protect the American public from illegal immigration or from uh, child and um, women smuggling across the border, the human, human trafficking that goes on and the drugs that pour in and uh, terror, possible terrorism threats. This man is more interested in providing services for illegal immigrants than he is about securing the safety of the American public. He's the wrong guy for the wrong job. Senator Hawley put a hold on his confirmation, and I hope the Republican Party takes a stand against him because this is a bad idea. Yeah, they will, I think, for the most part. But, of course, they don't have the numbers. If there's a tie, you know, it's going to be Kamala Harris and he's going to be improved by the simple majority. This is, of course, what happened when they uh, when they used the nuclear option, when Harry Reid did it. It blew up in their face when President right. Trump got all of his cabinet picks appointed by simple majorities. And now it is going to be this way for Mallorca. So it's going to be up to FAIR and a lot of other very important immigration uh, organizations to battle uh, what they are going to try to do with this guy in charge of that department. Yeah. And most importantly, with uh, Biden and Harris 
setting all of the rules in uh, in opposition to American law, to federal law, to protect the sovereignty and our southern border. Uh, Dave Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, it's always great talking to you. Uh, thanks so, so much for all of the work that you guys are doing. Keep us informed about this crisis. You know we will. Take care, buddy. Have a great you weekend. You better believe it. I know you will. Thank you, Dave Ray. All right, it's 949 now. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. I've got time for phone calls. As a matter of fact, i got time for phone calls the rest of the day. I think I'm going to get a phone call from um, from Beverly Goldstein, former um, uh, congressional candidate and also uh, one of the leaders and uh, activists in uh, the Red Green Axis exposed organization. So we're going to talk to her, I think, after not, after 10 o'clock. At some point, she said she was going to call in. She wanted to weigh in on Anthony Gonzalez and his vote to impeach Donald Trump. So we're going to have that coming up. And uh, what else? You, I like I said, it's free for all Friday, so plenty of opportunities for you to call starting now. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Don't forget to save those numbers, by the way, in your phone, okay? People accuse me of reading them too fast and they can't dial. Save the number in your phone. I'll read it slowly for you. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. That's 1110. Save it so you can call me anytime on AM 1420, The Answer, right back. Okay, it's 9.55. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. We are looking for your phone calls at 216-901-0945. It is a free-for-all Friday, so if you want to hit on the COVID story from the WHO, if you want to hit on the censorship story from Facebook, if you want to hit on the immigration story from Biden-Harris surrendering our sovereignty, if you want to hit on any of the executive orders or the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump, any of those things you want to talk about is fair game. And if I didn't list something that you do want to hit, that's okay. You call me and tell me anyway. Paul is in Eastlake, and I understand this is the same Paul that I wrapped yesterday's show with, and I could not get to the rest of his message because we ran out of time. I asked him to call back, and so he's first up today. Hi, Paul. How are you? Uh, good, Bob. Thanks. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, go ahead. My go little, ahead. Uh, on my little story, uh, it could tie into two of your topics today, immigration and patriotism. Mm-hmm. So let me let me start off again like I did yesterday. Now, I'm 73 years old. I was born in a DP camp in Austria right after the war. Uh, we were in that camp. I had my brother, my sister, my mother, and my father. We were in a camp for a total of almost four years. We were on a list of going to uh, four different countries, uh, whichever with Canada, mm-hmm. Australia, Argentina, United States. I, uh, we got a call to Argentina, so we thought we're, that's where we were going to go. So we, we went to the port. We were ready to get on the boat. We were not able to get on a boat because my younger brother, he had a real bad fever. They would not let us on the ship, so we went back to the camp for a few more months. So we sat there, and we got a sponsor. A farmer in Wisconsin was willing to take on a family. So, you know, my mother thought, we thought they hit the lottery. You know, we're going to go to the United States. Yeah. So, and it was, to us, it was the lottery. So, you know, we came in, we came to Ellis Island, took a train, we got on a train, went to Wisconsin. My dad uh, had to work off his facet, so to speak, my mom and dad. So they worked on a farm for about a year, you know, to pay this guy back because he's willing to sponsor us, take us in. 
Right. So after a year was up, we moved to Cleveland, Ohio, because that was a big Slovenian community, and that's where we were from, that part of the world, mm -hmm. Yugoslavia. Uh, went in, uh, went to, uh, grew up, went through high school, out of high school, myself, along with a couple of my other brothers, we all entered into the service, all got into, two of us were Army Airborne, the other was a Marine, went to Vietnam, uh, we spent over a period of five years, one or the other was there in Vietnam, mm -hmm. after we got out, two more of my brothers got into the military, they were too young to go at that time, so they were, they were in the service, another one in the Army, another one in the Navy. Uh, so we're pretty much a patriotic family. You know, we felt that way anyway. And so I, after I got to Vietnam, I still never became a citizen of the United States. So back in 1969... Hey, Paul, I Paul, I've got, I've got to speed you up, my friend. It sounds like a really great story, but it's a really long one, and I only have a minute left before the news here. So go ahead and uh, bring us up. Okay, I want to get right to the point there. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I, I never became a citizen for, a lot, for other reasons. I finally became a citizen of the United States just this past year. Wow. So I was 70 years in this country, never became a citizen. I only did that because I wanted to vote for Trump. So I became a citizen, voted for Trump, and then all this here, uh, obviously, you know, he lost, which was devastating to me. So I, I'm doing my own little form of protest, Bob. What I'm going to do, because of what's been going on with this country, with, with Biden and his Bolsheviks, what I'm doing, I will no longer stand for the national anthem, and I will no longer stand for the flag. It's not, I'm not protesting the country, I'm protesting the government. And that's how I feel, personally. And that pretty much in a nutshell is my story. Paul, I'll tell you this, you, and thank you for your phone call and for your story. You and your family are obviously patriotic. You and your family, you know, going to the service, uh, you know, especially when you weren't even citizens, but you came here legally and you paid back the, the, the family that took you in. You did everything the right way. I would urge you, I would implore you to continue to do things the right way. You may not see it as disrespecting the flag or the, the patriots and the troops who bled to defend that flag and the republic for which it stands. You were among them. You served. Your family served. You may not see it as disrespecting the flag. You may see it as a protest of the government. I fear you would be wrong. Outsiders would see you kneeling and would see you uh, or seated and see you in the same way we see Ka Colin Kaepernick and so many of the ungrateful leftists who do not respect that flag nor the republic for which it stands. I would implore you to keep doing things the right way. You and your family are heroes. You and your family are patriots. You and your family have done it all right. Please. Don't stop now. That's just my personal appeal. There's another way to protest the Biden-Harris government and what was done to Donald Trump, and it's not, it's not to protest our flag.